Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. What is up, my friends? You are very welcome along to Friday Night Show. Plenty to go through tonight. We're going to be asking ourselves the same questions we've been asking all the way through this transfer window. Simply, where are the signings? We're going to talk about Mo, we're going to have a look ahead to the game against Newcastle on Sunday, and of course, lots of other bits and pieces along the way. Um, I hope you're well, I hope you're enjoying your Friday, your weekend has officially begun, and I've gone in bright festive mood for it, because, you know, summertime Craig's in the house. Uh, JC Galvanil, thank you buddy, I remembered seeing you gifting five memberships before we get, got underway, uh, thank you for that one. Ace and Tino, upgraded to Anfield Gender Ultras membership, thank you for that as well, my friend, much appreciated. So, how are we? We good? It's um, I'm in better form today, by the way. You probably noticed that straight away. I'm a little bit more upbeat today because I, I had a long chat with myself last night and said, Craig, you can't control this. You can't control what's going on. So, um, yeah, so look, right now, we are a week away to the day from the transfer window closing at 11 p.m. next Friday. And I think most of you good folks will agree with me that for this to be considered in any way a good window for Liverpool Football Club, we need to get those last two positions over the line, a centre-back and a central midfielder. And then I think most of us, without any more outgoings, would say, yeah, job pretty much done. But that's easier said than done, right? Because we've had ten and a half weeks and we're still here scrambling around. And if you break it down, if we're bringing in five players, we've had ten and a half weeks. We've done 60% of the work and we've one week to go and there's 40% of it still to be done. And that's before, of course, we look at the ever-evolving and developing Mohamed Salah situation. Uh, Laser, thank you for the super chat, buddy. Appreciate you. So, yeah, you guys tonight... Let us know where you want to discuss. If you want to talk Gravenberch, we talk Gravenberch. If you want to talk Incapia, 
Of course, we'll talk about Hincapia. Uh, and there's a little bit of Manu Kone as well. This is going to be the last live stream until the watch-along on Sunday. I'm definitely 100% taking tomorrow off, come hell or high water. So there will be videos, a preview, all that stuff coming out tomorrow. I do owe you guys an apology, and I owe my team an apology. I was supposed to record the preview last night. I finished the stream pretty late, and I recorded a news video, and then I completely forgot to record the preview. So that's my fault. Hands up for that one. Uh, it's now recorded. Connor's just adding a couple of little touches to it, and that'll be out tomorrow morning with team selection, score prediction, all the usual stuff ahead of the Newcastle game. Uh, Colin said, Kone and Hincapio will be superb and complete the team. Super scared for Sunday now because of Ebu, but I believe in Joel Matip to get the job done. In Joe and Matip, excuse me, to get it done. Uh, Jelly Bean KO said, Hello, Craig. Have you seen the news that Gravenberch has permission to leave Bayern? Yes and no. Um, seen a few bits and pieces, but it's been a bit of a conflicting one because, yes, you're right, it's been reported that maybe Ryan Gravenberch is going to be given permission to leave Bayern Munich. But there's also been a very strange um, rumour from, I think, Tudor Mercado Web, if I'm not mistaken, an Italian publication to say that Liverpool have had a 54 million euro offer turned down for Ryan Gravenberch. Now, it's surely not just me that thinks that's nonsense. That belongs well and truly on a certain island just off the coast of Ireland called bullshit island because one i don't think they're even going to get that much from if they do sell them and two no way liverpool start with an opening offer of 54 million for a player that all summer has been spoken about as maybe 25 or 30 so yeah don't see that happening um john boy welcome to anfield agenda fc mate appreciate you so right let me just break this down let's go through jurgen klopp's press conference first and foremost so what did Jurgen confirm today ahead of the Newcastle game? Well, he let us know that we are going to be without uh, Ibu by the looks of it. So that's not great. Ibu has a muscle strain, I think Jurgen said. We're also going to be without Curtis Jones and Thiago Alcantara. Jurgen did confirm that both of those gentlemen should be back uh, under consideration from Monday. So I guess the big question is, is it going to be Joe Gomez or is it going to be Joel Matip alongside Virgil van Dijk? For me... I'd much rather it to be Gomez for this game. I think we could do with his recovery pace against those Newcastle forwards. But, um, yeah, not great. But these are the cards we're dealt. And if this isn't a warning to our owners already about bringing in another centre-back, I, I don't know what it's going to take at this point. It's mental. Uh, Andre scored last night. Yes, he did. He scored in a 2-0 victory for um, Fluminense over, I think it's Olympia. I'm not sure what country they're from. But the second leg of that takes place next Friday. Well, next Thursday night into Friday for us. So, yeah, we'll keep an eye on that situation as well. But Fluminense in a good position to get through to the semis of the Copa Libertadores. We all know you don't like days off. Oh, Colin, man, I need it. I need it. I just said to my wife today, I woke up and I felt like I just hit a brick wall. Mentally, I'm just wiped. It's been a crazy month, and I'm not complaining. But, yeah, I definitely need a day off. And weirdly, and unlike most other industries, if you're not playing on a Saturday, it's probably the best day for me to take off. So should be all refreshed and ready to go then for the watch-along on Sunday. And it's going to be a very, very, very tough game. Like, Newcastle are a pretty good side. I'm sure it hasn't escaped your attention. But we did the double over them last year, and fingers crossed we can do it again. So... I guess, what should we start off with with a poll tonight? Gary, could we start off with results you think will happen against Newcastle? Will Liverpool win, draw or lose against Newcastle on Sunday? If possible, please, Mr. Producer, if we can get that one up. 
Olympia from Paraguay. Thank you, Sergio. Appreciate that, mate. Thank you very much. Oh, there's Lance. I was waiting for Lance so we could give him a mod. There we go, Lance. Uh, one sec. Baboom. There we go, Lance. Sorry, I was wait. I was looking around for Lance all the time in the before we started the stream, but he's in now. So there we go. Uh, so the poll will be up shortly, and you guys can then have your say on what you think the result is going to be. I don't want to spoil my preview, um, which is coming out tomorrow, so I'm not going to tell you my score prediction. Or yes, thank you, Tom, for reminding me of that. R.I.P. Bray Wyatt. Yes, uh, 36 years of age, WWE superstar. Sadly, passed away due to uh, I think it was a, a heart attack um, because of yeah he, he had a heart condition already. He then got COVID, and unfortunately has passed away so yes absolutely right with you on that one rest in peace to uh the bray wyatt which was it's, it's incredibly young isn't it 36 to see somebody like that pass away so you think i'm not up on these things but i am i try to keep up on all the news in your opinion craig is endo strong enough to complete liverpool is he good enough in the position yes he absolutely is like i do understand the frustration of going from Moise Caicedo and 111 million to Endo and 16 million. But honestly, I think it's a good solution. It's not a long-term solution. And by that, I mean, it's not going to be a five, six, seven-year solution. But I think we're going to be very surprised at how capable this man is. But that doesn't excuse the rest of the window and the absolute shambles from our owners yet again. Here we are, as I mentioned, one week before the window ends, needing still to do 40% of our business. Uh, Liverpool fan from LA and think as a oh where's that one gone? Think as a team we need to step back and commit to a rebuild. Big fan of Anfield Agenda and you, Greg. It's with a C. It's C or A I G, my man. But again, thank you so much for your kindness. Appreciate you. And um yeah, loads of amazing reds that I know from California and hopefully get over someday to say hello. Right, the poll is up there now. Result versus Newcastle, win, draw or lose, up to you to have your say. Jody Williams, thank you for joining Anfield Agenda Ultras, my friend. And of course, hope to see you in the Discord. Anybody who is an Anfield Agenda Ultras member does get access to our Discord group as part of the membership perks. Uh, did you guys see the... Actually, I'm going to read it out to you. I'm going to read it out to you because... Here's the official statement, by the way, from the PGMOL. Now, if you guys aren't aware what this pertains to... Mike Dean, former VAR official, now Soccer Saturday referee pundit... Um, was in an interview with Simon Jordan, I think for Simon Jordan's podcast, if I'm not mistaken. And during the course of an hour-long interview, he basically said that he didn't send Anthony Taylor to the monitor for that Kukurea hair pull against Spurs because he didn't want his mate to get more grief. Now, let that sink in. The guys who are in charge of enforcing the rules didn't want to send his mate to the monitor to correct a very, very wrong call that he knew was wrong because he didn't want his mate getting more grief. Let that sink in. Now, I'll read out what the PGMOL, in their infinite wisdom, have had to say. Regarding comments made by former match official Mike Dean yesterday, a PGMOL spokesperson said, VARs undergo extensive training with the focus centred entirely around effectively working with an on-field team of officials to rectify clear and obvious errors. 
When VARs identify a clear and obvious error by the on-field team of match officials, they should intervene and recommend a review by the referee. We strongly refute any suggestion that VARs do not intervene for whatever reason when they have identified a clear and obvious error. Motherfuckers, you can refute whatever the fuck you want. But one of the dudes that was in the job literally just said he didn't want his mate to get more grief, so he didn't send him to the monitor. So your, your stupid release from the media there is absolute codswallop. It's nonsense. Your job is not fit for purpose. Sort it out, you absolute clowns. It's not going to endear football fans once again to Premier League officials when we can clearly see that the PGMOL have no intention of actually resolving what's going on. Burying your head in the sand and telling the world that you refute these claims doesn't matter one iota. The man's telling you what he actually did. It's not a, an opinion. It's not a fan channel having a rant. This is one of your former employees telling you straight out he didn't do it because he didn't want his mate to get grief. Now make that make sense. And then come back to us football fans and tell us that there isn't an inherent bias in your officials. It's pathetic. This needs to be cut out. Because we were shafted. Shafted with that dodgy red card. Thankfully we won the game. But other clubs will have their own. These lads, are, there should be a set of VAR officials that have never worked with any of these referees. Or don't know them in any way, shape or form. There has to be a split. You can't have mates looking out for mates. It's absolute nonsense. You need to train up a set of VAR officials that have never met these referees, that have never had anything to do with them, that don't give a damn if they throw them under a bus, if they're doing their job. And if they're not fit to do their job, then you and all of those officials need to be held accountable. So again, your press release is absolute garbage. Own up to your problems, sort them out, or we'll bring in somebody else. Because we cannot have these officials looking out for each other. It's nonsense. In what other world with such high level financial stakes and repercussions would this shit fly? It's ridiculous. It's jobs for the boys. That's exactly what it is. It's absolute nonsense. And you have to cheek. To demand money from all of us fans. And you have the cheek to charge what you charge us to watch this product. When there's clearly bias involved. Clearly. Uh, Kira D, thank you for upgrading your membership to Anfield Gender Ultras. Appreciate you. Um, Jody Williams again, welcome to Anfield Gender Ultras. I mean, just because they say, oh we refute the claims. Refute all you fucking want. The man's told you what he did. We've seen what he did. You can refute it all you want. But did he send them to the monitor during the game? No. And they were shafted. Another team shafted out of a result. Chelsea were shafted on this occasion. Because your highly paid officials can't do their damn jobs. Or refuse to do their jobs. Either way, not good enough. And now, look, where's the journalist calling this out? There should be uproar over this. Heads should be rolling because of this. If you don't want an even bigger indication that this is bias inherently built into a system, I don't know what more you want. This is a smoking gun. This should be enough to remove half of these lads. It's not fit for purpose. 
most well-funded league in the world most watched league in the world and this is the garbage that we have to put up with from officials i didn't want to send me mate to the monitor because i knew we'd get more grief and what do the pgmol do they bury their damn heads in the sand we refute these claims we refute them okay but it's still a fact mad it's it's mad isn't it like it's crazy and again we're again as football fans treated like idiots like we're, we don't matter we'll do whatever we want out there as the referees we'll have undue influence over these games and the decision making so riddle me this pgmol how did konstantin hadziakis shit the bed last week when he didn't tell the referee to look at the monitor himself and Tierney from McAllister's red card and what do you do you give him VAR duties for the next game of Liverpool he's literally after shafting us and you send him straight back for the next game to be the assistant VAR how is that sensible even if you just look at it from an optics point of view it's ridiculous Um, more well-funded than the Saudi Arabian League? Well, yeah, it is, because it's actually funded by the clubs and our government. You, you can't talk about the Saudi League and compare it to any other league because it's run by the, the heads of the country. It's not funded by anything other than state money, really. It's, this is appalling, like. And look, I get it. Liverpool fans, like, people go, ha, 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 salty. You know what's going to happen. You know what's going to happen to you if you're a Chelsea fan, a United fan, a Spurs fan. It's coming your way as well. Uh, one month, part of the most wonderful and amazing channel on YouTube. Thank you, Heavy Metal D. Appreciate you. Uh, just as an update as well, for those of you who are, aren't aware, the uh, Europa League group stage draw will take place on September the 1st, by the way. That was confirmed today. So, well, reiterated today, Europa League group stage draw September the 1st, which coincidentally is transfer deadline day. Is there any news about the Brazilian DM? Not really. No, other than his team won the first leg of the quarterfinal 2-0 last night. That's the only real news. Uh, Neville and Moody, welcome to Anfield Gender Ultras. Salah should be on the bench. I, I didn't say that. Somebody else say Salah should be on the bench. Right, so let's get into the Salah situation, shall we? Still no denial. That's That's the most telling thing in all of this for me. Still no denial from his side of the, of the reports today that he's... So this is where we're at with the reports. It seems as if many people have gone with the line of Mohamed Salah is open to the move. And if Liverpool can come to an agreement with Ali Thihad or with the uh, regime that run the league, that Salah would be open to it. But he's being respectful of Liverpool. Fuck off! Straight, like, straight, no joke. Like, just do one. This is a joke. You can't say you're respectful of Liverpool and in the same breath, let it be known that you'll take the offer if, if Liverpool are open to it. You're either in or you're not. You either want to play for Liverpool or you don't. And if you don't want to play for Liverpool, like anybody else, off you pop. I don't give a damn if you're Mohamed Salah, the club's fifth all-time goalscorer. Don't care. Don't want to be here. Had your head turned, off you pop. That's where I sit on this. 
I'm disgusted. Truly disgusted. Once again. And it's not going to go away. It's going to continue to go on and on. Because Elithihad are in the Club World Cup. Which takes place in December. They want to win it. They want to make a statement. And they're trying to bring in Salah to do that. Alongside Benzema. Uh, N'Golo Kante. And obviously Fabinho who are already there. So... Salah needs to come out and say, I'm staying, or else we're all going to just read into this that, yeah, if Liverpool can agree a fee, he's off. I'm disgusted. I am. Maybe I've no reason to be disgusted. Maybe you disagree with me, but I'm truly, truly disgusted that we have still seen no denial of this. That's, I, I don't understand how anyone can think differently. Like, I don't want to hear that, oh, Salah, Salah, this, Salah, Salah, it's never ending. Again, I'm going to draw your mind back. All the distractions around Mohamed Salah in season that have happened in the past. Then he has lunch with the PSG president publicly after the Bournemouth game. And now, now he's flirting with Saudi again. You either want to play for Liverpool or you don't. No one's bigger than the club. I hope if he's given any indication whatsoever that he wants to leave, that we sell him. You can say to me we won't replace him in this window, and you're probably right, but I'm just sick to my back teeth of it. It should be a pleasure and a privilege to play for this football club. You've become the highest paid player in the club's history. You've been nothing but idolised and worshipped by Liverpool fans around the world. Treat the club with respect or don't. But either way, this saga has to end soon because it's a joke and it's not going to go away. It's going to come back in January. It's going to come back at the end of the season. It needs to be resolved. If he doesn't want to be here like anybody else, send them off. I'm, I'm just so frustrated with it all. I honestly expected to wake up today and hear Rami Abbas deny these rumours again. Just say, no, we told you already, we're committed to Liverpool. We wouldn't have signed a new contract if we weren't committed. But that's not what we're seeing out there in the media. What we're seeing is that he's open to it. And then in the same breath, we hear this nonsense about, but he's respectful of Liverpool's stance. Are you? Are you really? Because if you're respectful of our stance, you would have said, I've made a commitment. I'm staying, not interested. Let's talk next year. For those who are saying his agent already said it, you need to keep up with what's actually happening with this story. His agent said it two and a half weeks ago, but the offer has doubled since then. And now his interest has been piqued by the looks of things. So again, his agent said it a long time ago when the offer was a lot less. And also, they're willing to give players 50% of their pay up front now as a lump sum. Is that a, a rushy red or a Marco Van Basten orange top? It's orange, mate. It's orange. Um, I've did, my new camera, right? My Sony camera. You know me. I usually wear black tops. My new Sony uh, camera that we use for the streams doesn't like black. It makes my skin completely bright and white, and I can't get the color right. As soon as I stick on any other color top, it goes back to normal. So, yeah, I just can't wear black tops anymore. Craig, I've spent the day cleaning, organizing my life. Inspired by yourself and your openness about mental health, this was a big deal for me. Thank you. I'm proud of you. Proud of you, mate. And I'm sure everybody else is as well. And I'm sure you probably feel a bit... I'll tell you how I feel, mate, about cleanliness. 
for me, clean house, clean area, clean mind. I always say to my wife, I just can't work in clutter. I can't do anything in clutter. I, I need clean. And I'm not talking about like hygienically spotless. I just mean no mess. So yeah, proud of you. Well done. Uh, Craig, I constantly told you Liverpool are already done for incoming, mark my words. I mean, you're saying this to me like you're gloating about it or something, dude. I, I mean, I don't know where to go with that. I'm very sad at the minute about where the club's at. Uh, Anfield Gen, any chances of Anfield Gen, the merch coming soon? I don't think anybody wants Anfield Gen, the merch, to be honest with you, mate. Um, see, it's one thing someone saying make merch. Then we go in financially, commit to a load of stuff, and it doesn't come off. And we're the ones stuck holding the the uh, financial end of it. So look, we of course we put out merch if we thought people actually wanted it. But um, I just think of us as little old Anfield agenda, you know. But nobody, why would anybody want to buy Anfield agenda merch? But um, I'd love to. I'd love to sell some. But you know, we just want to make sure that we're not stuck holding on to a load of. Um, a load of tops, basically. Right, so let's end the first poll of the day. I love that you're so optimistic. 57% of you guys say that Liverpool are going to beat Newcastle. And uh, I love that. Well in for the optimism. You should have signed Van de Ven, or should have signed Van de Ven. Looks like a good defender. Yeah, I've been quite impressed with him so far at Spurs, to be fair. Um, the price did go up from what we initially thought we could have got Van de Ven for. I can't, I can't remember exactly what Spurs paid. I want to say it was about 45, 44 maybe, but it does look like a, a good young left-sided centre-half. Uh, Super Saudi League is happening. Uh, response to no Super League. We blocked it as fans, but it's still going ahead. We need oil money or be mid-table. Uh, I don't want oil money. I don't like, look, well, I don't want state ownership. I don't give a shit about somebody being a wealthy individual happy days if there's any wealthy individuals out there from any country including from the oil rich countries happy days i just don't want government ownership um and with regards to the saudi super pro league or whatever you it's called um there's still a lot of stumbling blocks for that league to get to where it needs to be to be a real competitor in world football um they are trying to sign mo and some others because as i said they've got the super the um the Club World Cup coming up in December and it would be a big statement if an Asian club or uh, a club from that part of the world could could take the scalp. It's usually a South American or, or Premier, or excuse me, South American or European side that wins the Club World Cup. So it'd be a big statement if one of those clubs could, could, could lift it. And I guess that's why they're trying to bring Mo in to just give them as much firepower and ammunition as possible to make an assault on that uh, trophy. Um, but I agree with Jurgen. Like nobody can really control what happens in the Saudi Pro League with regards to the money they spend or don't spend. But I do agree that it would be sensible for FIFA to come and make sure that all the windows kind of line up, because this situation we have now, where uh, any European club, when the window closes on September the first, can be raided by a Saudi Pro League club because their windows open till the twentieth, and there's nothing we could do or any of the clubs could do to replace them. So I do agree. 100% with Jurgen on that one. The very least I think should be done by FIFA is to align all these transfer windows. Uh, Craig, do you think it'd be Matip to play alongside Verge on Sunday? I'm slightly worried about that match, but I think we'll just win. I'd go with Joe, personally, just for the recovery pace. 
And Matip was very, very... Unlike him, by the way, because Matip's been a model of consistency when he's been at Liverpool. But he, he just doesn't look at the races in pre-season. Um, so I think I'd go with Joe alongside Verge for this one. Uh, not even in this season, Al-Halal as the lost to some Japanese team. Do you think they have a long way to go before they're a top five? I don't think the Saudi Pro League will ever get to a top five league. And hear me out. I think they have a lot to work on with regards to the temperature. Just just the sheer heat of playing over there. Um, Henderson nearly collapsed in his first game. So there's that to take into account. There's obviously the global rights around watching the league. The zone have started to show Saudi Pro League games here in, in Ireland anyway. Um, and look, honestly, I'm sound about a league doing whatever they want. It doesn't bother me. Um, but when it comes to direct competition with clubs in Europe, let's say, well, then there needs to be some alignment of rules, you know? Every country is, of course, absolutely up for their own well-being and looking after their citizens. So Saudi Pro League, throw money at it. That's their business. They're fully entitled to do it. I just don't think we can see an unlevel playing field across the world when these clubs start to come together. And I hope we don't see a situation where there's enough money thrown at it that Alexander Kefren and UEFA suddenly decide that they're going to give a Champions League spot to one of these teams because that would be... That would be pathetic, quite frankly. And very disrespectful. Uh, Saudis won Champions League participation. They need to do business this year because they then fall under FFP. It's not a European League. Uh, Ace and Tino said that. Yeah, they shouldn't be anywhere near the UEFA Champions League, mate, because they're not a UEFA club. They have their own version of the Champions League and that's what they should focus on if they want to... Um, they want to put more eyes on football over that part of the world and they need to build up their own Champions Leagues. But European competition for European clubs. Uh, if Ibu wouldn't be surprised to see us revert to a back four with Joel and Trent more reserved thoughts. No, we will play exactly as we have done with Joe Gomez or Joel Matip alongside Van Dyke. Trent tucking in alongside what I think will be Endo. Um... I don't see us changing because we wouldn't have had enough time to work on it and to change the system again. I think this is what we have at the minute. But again, it's um, you're so bored of folks complaining about referees. Are you, William Didums? I'm so sick of referees being shit, William. I'm so sick of officials having inbuilt biases that it shafts our team. But then again, William, I care about the game, so maybe it's just me. Is everyone happy now Klopp has said Mo is staying? Well, what did you expect him to say? <laughs> I'm not happy at all, mate, because that's not the end of this scenario with Mo. Craig, I wish we sold to Sheikh Mohammed and DIC years ago. Mark, you do realise DIC went out of business and went bust, right? So if we had have been bought by Devoy Investment Capital, that business went kablooey and... Um, wouldn't have worked out very well for us. I think a man, if I'm not mistaken, Mark, I remember, I think Amanda Stavely was part of that consortium at the time. Um, 
And look, maybe if they bought Liverpool, I don't know, maybe their focus as a business might have changed or something. Refs need calling out. It's not the refs as such. They're going to keep doing what they do and get away with it. The PGMOL need calling out. Because, like, it, it's, this isn't even a bias as in, like, Mike Dean saying, I don't like Liverpool or whatever. This is a case of, I don't want my mate to get more grief. Like, this is no, you know, Anthony Taylor shaft in Chelsea or um, Paul Tierney shaft in Liverpool. This is someone just blatantly saying, I don't want me mate to get any hassle, so I'm not going to send him to the monitor. Above his job, above everything else, that was the thought process. Do you think Mo will go to Saudi Arabia? Yes. It's just when. So, best case scenario, he leaves next summer. Worst case scenario, he leaves after our transfer window closes. Um... But I do think he ends up there in the next 12 months. From our perspective, I would have loved to have seen uh, a doubling down of, no, we're at Liverpool, we're focused for this season, let's see what happens after that. But, you know, when and I said this yesterday, when you don't have stuff like that being shut down immediately, it just leads to more anxiety, it leads to more belief from the Al-Ithihad side and... Look, I'm very nervous about it because whatever happens, we can't replace them. If we sold them today, we don't have time to really replace them. We don't have time to get a deal done to go through the list and see who the club would like to bring in. I'm sure that the club, you'd like to believe that the club have a long-term succession plan for Mo. But I also like to believe the club had a long-term succession plan for midfield and that hasn't exactly worked out too well for us. And again, from any other distractions, we are still faced with the, the harsh truth of we are now getting into the last week of a transfer window where we have got rid of eight players and we've added three. And we were already a thin squad last year and now we've somehow made it worse. I, I, I'm truly astounded that we have put ourselves in this position again. Uh, Craig, would you sell Mo if it meant getting Julian Ward back? I mean, it's a very big leap to make there, Leighton, <laughs> to link the two. I'd just be straightforward about it, Leighton. If Mo wants to go, I'd sell him. Like any other player, if Verd said tomorrow he wants to go, I'd sell him. You want players who are focused and who are buying into the project. And look, I get it. There are a lot of potential positives for Mohamed Salah in this situation. Obviously, he'd be moving back to a Muslim country. He'd be, a, obviously, a huge superstar over there as probably the biggest Muslim athlete in the world, or if not one of them. Um, and he'd be getting a huge amount of money. And I think there was even talk of a David Beckham-style deal. And what I think they mean by that is even talk that he could get his own club. So, you know, if you've got those type of situations, um, 
It's difficult, right? It's difficult because imagine somebody said to you tomorrow, um, you're let's say you're living in America and you're an English man, and somebody said to you yesterday or tomorrow, move back to the UK. We'll throw a load more money at you than you're getting paid now. We'll put you right beside, you know, uh, mates of yours, and you'll be comfortable living there, and you, you know, you, you'll be around people you grew up with or that type of thing. Oh, and by the way, we'll also give you a club when you retire and help you fund that. Big draw, right? Mo doesn't want to go. Stop trying to push him out. Fuck you. How am I pushing him out? How am I... Again, explain to me how I'm trying to push him out, dickhead. I'll wait. Not me that's not saying rubbish in these rumours. It's not me that's briefing the media and journalists that you're open to the offers if Liverpool are open to it. I ain't trying to push anyone anywhere, asshole. The player is the one that's causing this. Just like he's caused the hassle with Mane. Just like he caused the hassle over his wages. Just like he's caused drama throughout his time at Liverpool. So again, I ain't doing shit. It's the player, his camp, and the Saudi Pro League. And if you've got an issue with that, take it up with them. All the Salah fanboys that have forever gone in on anyone that's criticised them can kiss my ass. It's that simple. If you don't put the good of our football club above the good of any individual, I don't want to know. Salah is great while he's here. When he's not here and he goes... He's like anybody else, a transient employee of a football club who comes and goes. When he's here, we love them. When they go, we say farewell. That's it. That's the way I view these things. It is that simple. But I'm sick to death of people being jumped on, abused, shouted at, and accused of all types of things from Islamophobia to racism just for calling somebody out. Tough shit. Sometimes people need to be called out. And that's the fact. And that's why I'm here. And if you don't like that, there's plenty of other content for you to watch. But I say it as I see it. And I'm not going to change for you or anybody else. Right, Hincapia. Let's move on to speak about Hincapia for a little bit. It's, um, it's a bit confusing to figure out what the situation is here. Because... At one point, you have people saying he's available for 35 million, or if an offer of 35 million went in, he'd push for a move. That's great. I hope that's the case. The other side, you've got some links to say Leverkusen want about 60 million, and we're not going to pay 60 million. So I hope that what Ben Jacobs and some other journalists have said is the case that if a 35 million pound offer went in, that he'd push for a move because he wants to play in the Premier League. So the truth is, I don't know what's happening with Hincapia, but I hope that behind the scenes, George Schmadke is, is talking to Leverkusen. I really hope that's the case because I don't know about you guys. I've, um, I've had a good look at him over the last few days and I like what I've seen. He seems a really good character, a really good, tough tackling, no-nonsense defender, and I like him. So I'd love us to sign him, but, you know, let's wait and see what the next 
Well, I was going to say few weeks. The next week brings. Um, yeah, I'm just fed up with the Salah stuff, by the way. Every time. And it's not just me. I've talked to other Liverpool content creators about this. Some people are just following athletes now. And they're not following football clubs. And that's okay. You can do whatever you want. But you don't get to shit on the rest of us when we call out somebody for questionable behaviour. You don't get to do that. We're Liverpool fans. You've got to understand that. Mohamed Salah is a legend. We love him. But if he wants out, like anybody else, he's welcome to go. You don't get to accuse people of underhanded shit just because they call someone out. There isn't always an underlying reason other than they're not really putting the best interests of the club first. And it's been years of this. Years. It used to be Mane as well. It's like anyone dare criticise them. And there was a certain group of people who are straight in with the abuse to us. Straight in to say it's because of X or Y. No. It's because of what's happening. End of. Would you replace Canada with Gomez, Matip or Endo? I think David, Matt, or excuse me, Gomez for this one. Um... But I'm not saying that with confidence, dude. Not at all. Uh, Red Gorilla said, PGMOL are corrupt. Mike Halsey in 2016 said he was told to ignore two incidents. Mark Clattenburg was investigated for match fixing. Again, I'm reading a super chat out here. One ref said he can uh, see a day. All refs will be in court for corruption. Um, look, I, I think that there's obvious problems in the officiating and it needs to be resolved. And I do like the idea of a special group of VAR officials being trained up over the next year or whatever. And them having no interactions with referees at all. No friendships, no previous work with them. Just fresh-faced, stone-hearted officials who do VAR and that's it. And if they think the ref's made a mistake, they alert the ref to it. This nonsense of clear and obvious it's so open to interpretation and it's so open to an excuse from well it didn't meet the threshold well what's the threshold if something's wrong it's wrong it shouldn't matter if it's clear and obvious if it's wrong it's wrong that incident with kukare that mike dean was on about was wrong he was dragged to the ground it was basically an assault and it was let go pathetic the red card from McAllister would look at that the ref should have been asked to look at it himself. And look, I think we'd all be okay with that. If the ref looked at that McAllister challenge a second time and decided it was still a red, we might not agree with it, but at least we'd feel like he looked at it. I have every sympathy for a referee like that who's seen something in real time once, right in front of him, real quick, very difficult to gauge. That's what the video assistant referees are there for. Ref... We think you might have made a mistake there. We think that might need to be downgraded. I don't understand why Tierney and Hatsidakis didn't do that. Do you think Endo, a centre-back, and maybe Stefan Thiago in the six? No, I don't want Endo at centre-back for Newcastle. Just leave him to the position he's used to. Because he's still getting up to speed for Liverpool. Actually. Leave him in the number six position. Um... But look, if this isn't an indication to F FSG that we could potentially be short of centre-backs again, 
I don't know what's going to take because they didn't pay heed to it the year we brought in um, two players on loan at the end of the window, Ben Davies, Nose and Kabak. They didn't pay attention to it that season that nearly cost us. We had a similar situation in midfield last year where we clearly short of bodies. They didn't add to that. We lost Champions League football because of our lack of squad depth. And then this season, this season we've got rid of eight players and brought in three. And we're supposed to be grateful. We're supposed to sit here and say, well, that's, that's it. Rebuild done. What happens in the last week of a transfer window? Genuinely, what happens? Prices go up. Clubs get desperate. So why on earth do we always leave at this late? Why are we scrambling around in the last week when we've had 11 weeks nearly to get our business done? If you take out the first week of the transfer window, where we went out there very quickly and we signed Alexis McAllister and Dominic Sobotsly by triggering two release clauses, do you take that out of it? We've signed one player and lost two in the window outside of that first week. And we're supposed to be rebuilding and strengthening and filling out squad places to make sure that we don't have an overtired squad again. We're not doing that. So we need to act. But I don't understand. I truly do not understand the thought process of leaving it this late again. Yes, you can say to me, Craig, maybe the club were a little bit caught off guard for Fabinho and Henderson. Even accepting for that, it's been quite a while since that's happened. And the Caicedo situation was over two weeks ago now. And we went and got Endo. But what I really, really cannot get my head around and I refuse to accept is the manager wanting a defender since the start of the window and not even an offer we're aware of for a defender yet. That is criminal. It, it, it's a dereliction of duty. It's absolute insanity. Your manager is telling you what he wants. You've had a year to prepare. And the man is still sitting here. It'll be three games into a new campaign now. And the manager's still going to be waiting for that defender. Don't need special VAR people. Need professionalism and actual repercussions for getting it wrong. If that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen, David. And that's the problem. It's, it's jobs for the boys. It's uh, There needs to be... a. a, a a line drawn here because we can't trust these guys to be professional it's been shown me it's been shown by their actions so in an ideal world yeah i'd agree with you repercussions referees being held accountable but we all know that's not going to happen so the only way is to force change and i think the idea of bringing in uh, specially trained var officials who only operate from stockley park and um, aren't swayed by personal relationships with referees or um, potential biases they picked up because they received harsh treatment from uh, one club's players, manager or fans makes more sense. You try to keep it business-like. You try to keep it... You remove emotion from the situation. Easy for me to say, right? Remove emotion. But that's what I think should happen. These VAR officials should be just almost machine-like, just robot humans, just sit there and look at what's happening and try and help out the referees. Uh, red, yellow and red cards for VAR, clear and obvious, needs to be binned. Again, I think what you've said is, is giving them the benefit of the doubt and they don't deserve the benefit of the doubt anymore. 
Uh, Craig, if you were Mo dealing with these unambitious owners with a terrible net spend, knowing you're not winning the league, would I leave for the money? Yes, I would. And I said this yesterday. So people are saying I'm going in on Mo. I'm not. I'm going in on the indecisiveness of the situation. If Mo wants to move, I understand it. It's life-changing amounts of money. Um, he's going to be even bigger or more idolised than he is here. I understand it. I just don't like that we're in this position as a club, again, with the same player. It's always something. And maybe this is what comes with having a global superstar at your club. Maybe other clubs have this all the time. But it's it's just one thing after another. And if nothing else, it's a distraction. And it is a distraction. And it also gives the owners a bit of a distraction from actually doing their job and signing players. So look, if Mo wants to move, he should move. But it needs to be quick. He needs to say he wants to go and do it. Or he needs to say he's not going now and stay till the end of the season. But either way, it needs to be nipped in the bud right now. Uh, I'm good at I've come home to a no from my TV saying he's been given a better offer on Saudi. Sorry, I was confused for a sec. I was reading the rest of your comment before I finished. Life-changing when he's already rich. Yes, but life-changing doesn't always necessarily just mean money. So for Mohammed Salah right now, he'd move to another Muslim country where... Um, and I'm not up on the Muslim religion, so excuse my ignorance on this. Where um, his lifestyle and his football and sport would be aligned together. And obviously he's a superstar in, in the Muslim world and, and I get all of that. But it, it's just the uncertainty for Liverpool that I, I can't be doing with. And yeah, look, how many times over do you need to be a millionaire? Fair enough. He's on £350,000 a week at Liverpool. Highest paid player in the club's history. But if they're willing to give him £1.5 million a week and be the highest paid footballer in the history of football... These are other things that, remember, these guys are, I don't want to say they're egotists, but you don't get to where they get to without having that cutthroat, uh, selfish attitude. And it's not necessarily always a bad thing. So imagine one day sitting down with your family and saying, I was the highest paid athlete in the world. That's a big thing to be able to say. And it's a big... It's a big deal, let's be honest. Uh, and I can understand it from his perspective. I'm just going to say what I've said again. I don't like the distraction. Um, I don't think religion is a factor for Mo since he celebrated Christmas several times. I mean, he celebrated Christmas with his kids and that's lovely that um, he did that. But he got a lot of grief for it. Not from, not from people on this side of the... Um, I said, no, see, even that, it's causing a divide, and I don't want to bring a divide into it. He got grief for it, and he shouldn't have. But if they're doing the whole David Beckham-esque thing with him and, and giving him a potential club after it, again, these are just things that makes it harder and harder to say no, I guess. Even if we sell Salah for 100 million plus, our terrible owners won't invest in the squad with it, so it won't be worth it. At this point, Callum, you're right. 
Whatever happens, I, I don't think we'll be able to replace him in this window. Just wouldn't be able to move quick enough. It would bang a desperation and we'd end up overpaying. So it's a tough situation. But again, unless this is definitive 100% line drawn in the sand, this is going to drag out to that Saudi window closes. And that window closes, I think, on the 20th of September. So, yeah. Am I Islamophobic? What have I said that is in any way Islamophobic? Go on, oh wait. What have I said that is in any way Islamophobic? This is what I mean. You're pathetic. Nobody can have a, a different point of view without pulling out the race or religion card. Pathetic. Anybody that knows anything about me or this channel knows one thing. Everybody is welcome. And everybody is respected and everybody is shown love and kindness. So again, that's disgusting. I don't know who the hell you think you are trying to throw around those type of claims against me or anybody else just because you disagree with what I'm saying, you pathetic piece of shit. So crawl back under your rock and do one. I am not Islamophobic in any way, shape or form. I don't believe in organized religion. But I want people to love each other and be happy. And that's what I always say. You're an absolute disgusting human being. Now go educate yourself, you fool. I'm disgusted by it. Disgusted. Like, these are accusations that cannot be made against people. It's a very, very, very disturbing thing you've done. Um, Reza said, I'm a Muslim and nothing you've said has been offensive. Mate, I would never offend you. Never. You're in my community. You're in our chat. You're welcoming in here and you're interacting and you're contributing to the chat. That's all we ever talk about. It's... It's sad and it's hurtful to have it constantly labelled like you just because someone doesn't agree with you. Yeah, sorry. I just had to compose myself a little bit. Um, on Decore, this being reported by Dominic Smith, who said Crystal Palace will demand at least £70 million for both uh, Eze and Decore in the final week of the transfer window. So look, again, I understand their perspective. Um, if anybody comes to you in the last week of the window, much like our situation with Mo, if the player wants out, you're going to ask for a ridiculous sum because it's in the last week of the window. And that's why I don't understand why we leave it so late to, to try and get these last few bits of business done. Um, yeah, it's just, I, I don't know what our recruitment team have been doing. It's mental. And even like look at it from the decor. How long have we been talking about decor right here on the channel or you with your mates at home or it's a while, right? So we've known about this interest in decor, Gravenberch, um, Andre, Thuram, Thur uh, Kone, 
But again, what's happened? Nothing other than we've looked at them. If you had asked Endo, would he like to play for Liverpool Football Club one day, you got the answer. Let's hope Mo shows St. James's Park and Liverpool fans where he is tomorrow. Um, yeah, absolutely. Hopefully Mo goes, sticks a couple in top bins, we win the game and we're all on here tomorrow or Sunday celebrating three points. That's that's the dream. Um, I'm really excited, by the way, to see our midfield. Uh, we haven't got to see Alexis McAllister in his ideal position yet in this season with Liverpool, which is in the number 10 positions, as I like to call them, the two advanced midfield positions where you'd have Soboslai and him. The movement and the options that's going to give us from finding space between the lines to drawing defenders out of position to give Lucho space or Mo space. I'm very excited by it. And that's what Endo's going to give us, is that ability to allow Alexis and Dominic Sobotslai to to show why we bought them. And I think they will. And and so I'm buzzing for to see that midfield trio. I really am to see Endo in the in the deeper lying role and then Alexis and Dom ahead because they're both very intelligent footballers. Paul Davies, thank you for the super chat, mate. Um right. Do you think Salah will be at Liverpool by the end of the transfer window? 74% of you guys say yes and 26% say no. I wish I had your optimism. Um, yeah, I, I wish I had your optimism. I'm not sure where I am in that, to be honest, and what I actually think will happen. I'm truly unsure. Um, I hope you're right, because we'd all like to have another season with Mo before we have to say goodbye. And I do think, and I've always said, I think next summer that was the time we're going to see Mohamed Salah leave Liverpool. But it'll all come down to what happens, I guess, over the next week or a few weeks with this interest from Alithihad. Any updates on the stand? There was, there was one by Billy Hogan, but I, I still think there's a lot of uncertainty at the minute that there's no confirmed date. There was initially talk, obviously, from Billy Hogan that the stand was going to be opened, um, or the upper part of the stand was going to be opened uh, gradually. And I think, and I hope that's still the case, but the initial time frame given was about October. Now, with what's happened with, uh, is it Buckingham? Is that the building company? I really don't know what the time frame is for getting the, the full uh, stand open. 2-0 uh, Chelsea, by the way. Bit of an update on that one. And apparently it was Raheem Sterling with the goal. Apparently his first one was a belter. I haven't seen it yet, but you guys said it was a belter. So I'll take your word for it. Right, a little bit on Manu Kone. Just to shake it up a little bit. So, Christian Falk of Build, I think, has been speaking about Liverpool's interest. He said, Borussia Mönchengladbach are expecting an offer from Liverpool for Manu Kone. Um... I'm just trying to read through the rest of it. After his injury, he's become cheaper, he said. Before a suitor, you would have to pay about 50 million euro from. Now you can get him for perhaps about 35 million. And I like Kone. I would be very happy with Kone. He's a good combative midfielder. Um, and I think he's out till after the international break, if I'm not mistaken, with his injury. But look... I just don't want any more 
talk. I want action. And I think you guys are probably the same. Um, it's been a long window, lads. It's been a long window. And the fact that Liverpool still haven't finished their business and they're trying to scramble around in the last week, it, it just smacks of desperation. Now, I hope that we get it sorted. And there's been some talk as well from, on the Gravenberch front. I think it's been reported by some people that he's been told that he can leave Bayern Munich. And if that's the case, I hope we, we try to... Whoever the player is Klopp wants, I just don't know why we're still waiting around. I just don't understand what we're waiting for. Uh, yes, BN Sports did report that. Um, I don't know why you deleted it, JC Galvanil. I don't know why that was deleted. Everything he said is correct. So that shouldn't have been deleted because what the man said was correct. It was reported and I'm going to read it out now actually. Um, so there was a report coming out to say Salah agrees. So again, like that gentleman said, Liverpool forward Mohamed Salah has reportedly agreed a move to Al Ithihad. That's according to BN Sports via Al Jazeera, who are reporting that Salah has agreed to the transfer, but no agreement has been reached between Liverpool and Al Ithihad yet. That's that's what was reported. So he's not making it up. That was what was put out there. Uh, Craig, apparently Byron rejected a £41 million bid. Yeah, that doesn't make sense, does it? Like, I don't understand. If he's available for sale, that's that's too much money already. Um, yeah, he's not worth that much money, let's be honest. I mean, Gravenberts at 25 or 30 is all right, but if it ain't no above that, it's it's just too much money. Um... Do you think that we should there should be a limit on anyone transfer a time limit? Sorry, I don't know how you'd enforce that, Stephen. Um, I guess that's what the window's for, right? That this period, but it's very so. Apparently, that gentleman was spamming the comments. So on that one, thank you for filling me in, um, and apologies to my mods. What am I going on this one? Uh, what are we talking about there? Oh, the window. I find it very weird that. As a club, we do a lot of business at both ends of a window and not much in the whole middle part of the window. What's the point? They might as well just make the window a month because a lot of it's done at the end or at the beginning. Um, and I, I truly just don't understand it. From from a selling club's perspective, I understand it. Because if, you know, if you're going to sell somebody late in the window, even if you've already replaced them, you're going to demand the premium, right? Because it's so late in the window. And it's already a seller's market. So I don't get what we're doing. And the problem is... Um, the problem is that we could well see a situation where we end up with no reinforcements and excuses again. But excuses aren't going to cut it this time. Because you had one bad season. You were given that grace. Now we need culpability and we need people to be responsible for what's happening. And again... Getting rid of eight players and bringing in three is not strengthening and rebuilding a squad. Transfer window in England should close before the opening weekend fixtures. Ridiculous, it still goes home when the league is kicked off. 
So they tried changing that, Brian, if I'm not mistaken. Remember a few seasons ago, they did exactly as you said. They uh, they changed it so the windows were closed when the weekend kicked off. But I think what happened then was other European leagues didn't follow suit and they stayed open and it gave Premier League clubs a disadvantage. So it was switched back. Oh, on Weefer, yeah. So I didn't bring this guy up yesterday because I forgot and that's my bad, so apologies. But football transfers have claimed that Feyenoord midfielder Matt Viefer is in contact with Liverpool over potential transfer. He's a 23-year-old um, Dutch national and he's apparently rejected the advances of AC Milan and Lazio but is open to discussions with Liverpool, although at this stage it's unclear how far this negotiation has gone. They go on to say that he made 37 appearances for Feyenoord uh, in his last season and he's utilised mainly as a defensive midfielder sometimes as a central midfielder and has even once played at centre-back I don't know anything about him never even heard of his name so is there anybody in the chat maybe I know we've got some Dutch folks in the chat that have watched much of him at Feyenoord and um, is he good? is he somebody we should be looking at or is it just more speculation? So those of you who were talking earlier on about the Ryan Gravenberg stuff, it was Tudor Mercado, which is, I believe, an Italian outlet, uh, who said that Bayern had rejected an offer of 48 million from Liverpool, 48 million euro from Liverpool for the, uh, for the Dutch international. But I can't believe Liverpool would have offered that much money up front. I just don't believe it, quite frankly. Uh, Stein of said we for his class. Uh, Klopp needs to speak out against the owners. He doesn't seem to realise how serious this is. I'm I'm a bit confused by Kloppo's stance and all this, to be honest with you. Because in one sense, yeah, you're right. You should be really, 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 really annoyed. But in another sense, he's part of the problem. Because he's on that transfer committee. And he's either allowed it to go all summer and hasn't kicked up enough fuss. Or he's, in some weird way, happy. And I refuse to think that he's happy with the squad because he hasn't got the defender. He's told us all he wants. This It's just confusion at this point for me. You've had a year to plan. A year. <laughs> and we've had even had a long time to react to losing um, Hendokrit and Fabinho. And we've replaced one with... I think a player that will do a fine job for us and you know I welcome Endo to the club and looking forward to seeing him play on a consistent basis I think we're going to love him but what's happened with the rest of the window how can it have gone so so badly wrong so I'm going to leave it up to you guys what you want me to do now it's half past nine just after half past nine I can carry on and we wait and see if something happens between 10 and half 10. Or I can call it a night and record a news video and talk to you guys on Sunday. I'll leave it up to you. Maybe Gary can lash a poll up to, uh, to ask what you want to do. Um, I'm fine. I'm happy to sit here and chat with you guys if that's what you guys want. But I also don't want to just ruin your Friday night. 
Remember Rafa spoken against owners. Yes, there are some managers like Rafael Benitez, like Antonio Conte, like Jose Mourinho, um, who will absolutely speak out. Um, so, Gary, you want me to have some rest because you want an early night, I think, mate, again. And that's okay. If you need to head off, head off. But I, I let the chat decide what they want me to do, not me or the background team. So put the poll up, please, sir. And we'll let the chat decide what, what they want me to do. And if the chat want me to stay, I stay because they're my boss. Um, I think I missed the super chat. Super Saudi League is happening. I've done that one, actually. So it's weird. Sometimes a super chat stays pinned to the top of um, to the top of our live chat for no reason, uh, even when we've read it out already. One sec. Just trying to open up a link here. So, again, according to being sports, Alithi had's offer for Mohamed Salah to Liverpool is £120 million. What did I say to you yesterday? Uh, sorry to bother you again, but is there a Newcastle preview out? It, yeah, Callum, so last night, bud, I forgot to record it. It's totally my fault, mate. I apologised to Connor yesterday because he was waiting for me to send it to him. Last night's stream went on later than I ever stream, really. And um, I recorded a news video afterwards and I forgot. But I did record it tonight, Callum, before I started this stream. And Connor's going to put that out first thing in the morning, bud. So, yeah, apologies. It's usually out two days beforehand, Callum, as I'm sure you know. But I forgot because I was so tired last night. But it will be out tomorrow. But And apologies for the lateness on that. So, yeah, I told to get back to the Mohamed Salah stuff, what did I say to you yesterday? I think the number that's realistic here is somewhere between 120 and 150. And if they offer 120 now, they'll go higher. But I guess it's how much do you want to drag it out? Or do you just stay firm and say no? And I hope from a squad perspective that Liverpool stay firm and say no, we're keeping Mo. Because we need him. He's a talisman. But if he wants to go and he's open to go, then it's just a matter of getting to a number the club are comfortable with. But I don't know how we replace him in this window. Sabrina, call the police. We've been robbed. Oh, dude, that was... I, I, I had that in my back pocket, you know. I said this before. I'll admit when I pre-prepare a couple of things, and that was one of them. And um, that was one of those things that maybe it was better in my head. Then it worked out, but I thought that was going to do well, to be fair. Maybe I just used it in the wrong moment. Right, so poll is stay on or I let it get to a thousand votes before I decide what to do. And you guys are the boss. Now look, I get my team are looking out for me, by the way. Because Gary knows how tired I am and he's just trying to look out for me. Uh, which is commendable and I love him for it, but I'm you're my boss. I've always said this, without you guys, we ain't anything. So you guys tell me what to do and I do it. Within reason, obviously. If you're telling me to go and eat vegetables, you can go, go fuck yourself. Chiesa, surely do a job on the right. Oh, Lance, I'd be, be all right with Chiesa. Do you know, I often have another thought as well. Um, 
if Mo ever, whenever Mo does leave, or or yeah, whenever Mo departs, I wonder will we will we look to replace some of the like for like, or will we tweak things a little bit? Um, interesting, you know, Bendo's not ready yet. Let's be fair. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over seventy percent of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/people today. Hold up! What was that? Boring, no flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Bendo will be ready, but I don't think he's there yet. So Chiesa. And his versatility, I wouldn't say no to. Rafa Liao, I'd love. Kavara Celia, wouldn't say no. Nico Williams is a, a diamond in the rough, but there's a lot there. Um, but yeah, Rafa Liao and Kavara Celia would be the top two for me if if we had to try to replace them. Now, I know that Rafa Liao plays on the left, but as I've mentioned before, uh, Mane played on the right when he first came to Liverpool. And then when Mohamed came in, we moved Mane over to the left and... And that worked out just fine for everyone. Um, if we get 180 for Salah, is Guevara Donna completely out of the question by September the 1st? You would imagine with Napoli in the Champions League again um, that they would really, really not welcome a late, late, late offer for Guevara Celia. Um, I say the same with... with with AC Milan to be fair with Rafa Liao who signed a new contract last season with them or at the end of last season with them but that's you know unless there's some unheralded player who we've not thought of that maybe Klopp and the recruitment team have in mind they'd be the names that I'd you know hope for right we're going to end the poll we've had 900 and something votes and it's 81% stay on so stay on we shall Sorry, Gary. Diabala? No, no, no. We don't need to be placing Mo with an injury-prone Diabala, mate. No, no, no. Mohamed Salah has only missed like four games in a few years. Like one thing, much like Genie Wanyaldum, Mohamed Salah's bulletproof. Um. So yeah, Mo's reliability is one of his best attributes. On top of, of course, his his supreme fitness and his um. Great knack of putting the ball in the back of the net. But his versatility and his reliability to be available for selection, you know, are pretty pretty uh, amazing, quite frankly. I'd want Chiesa and Bakayoko, said Casper's Photography. Thank you, mate, for your super chat. Um, both names that have been mentioned in the past. And Chiesa is starting to return to a little bit of form after that really, really um, terrible injury. Was it an ACL? That he had. So yeah, he's starting to return to a bit of form. Juventus are in a bit of a mess, so 
potentially ripe for uh, a plucking. And I said plucking. You give us Aspies a good name, thank you. So everybody won't get that reference. When he says Aspies, he means people with Asperger's. Uh, we often refer to ourselves as Aspies. Um, well, thank you, mate. Appreciate you. Cherky. Interesting. Valverde is class. He is. Federico Valverde is, is absolutely top-notch. And he'd be on the list of dream signings as well on that position. You know, Valverde, again, you've got that, that versatility. Um, can play right wing, can play midfield. But, again, I, I just don't see Real Madrid being in any need or rush to sell. So, I don't think... I don't think they'd be open to it, unfortunately. We need Ivan Tony. Well, one, he can't play till January, so he's not going to be much use to us if we signed him now. Uh, and two, Brentford are apparently going to look for about £80 million for Ivan Tony. Matoma, he's going to be 27 on his next birthday. Still not to have a real glorious goal-scoring season yet. And again, I would say, you know, Brighton aren't stuck for money now. they got a lot of money for Caicedo. Um, they got money off us from McAllister, albeit nowhere near as much as Caicedo. And they're not going to want to lose him. So I don't think that's, that's a deal we'll get done. Unless there's a bio clause that we don't know about. Uh, Flower FPS or Flow FPS, excuse me, said, "Mate, you always put a smile and a laugh on my face in tough times. Thank you, and keep being yourself." Thoughts on Endo going in the centre back role? I, I just want players playing in their position, and I know Endo um, Flow FPS can can play a centre back, but I just want to see him in his best position. So I want to see Endo in the defensive midfield role and McAllister and Sobitzlai ahead of him. And then, you know, try and defend that way rather than dropping him back to centre-back and forcing McAllister into a position he's not really comfortable in. Because then we're, we're still a bit short. Do we have to go and drop Gakpo back into midfield again? Or do you put Elliot in there? I just want the, the players in the positions that they're best at. And for me, Endo in the six is, is why he was brought in. So, But it's just an indictment of our owners again, mate. That here we are, very start of the season. Injury to a centre-back and we're all worried because we don't think Matip and Gomez are up to scratch as replacements. But we're going to have this conversation many times throughout the season because Verge is going to need to be rested. So will Kanade. Kanade has shown that he is prone to some muscle knocks and stuff. So it's worrying. But it's more worrying that the owners aren't backing the manager with a defender. Lewis Brazier said, I've got Asperger's as well. Do you know what, Lewis? At the live show in Dublin, mate, um, it was lovely at the end of the show. I got to speak to most people that were there, to be fair. And there was there was a good group of people in there who were on the autism spectrum. And it was nice to hear their, their stories and their um, reading of the channel and uh, of what we're about and stuff. Yeah, it was lovely. It was very nice to meet those people that night. Who is the guy in the thumbnail? Hincapia. He is a centre-back from Bayer Leverkusen. He is a an Ecuadorian international. And he is somebody who I would be more than happy for Liverpool to sign. Uh, just don't know whether it's a 35 million or a 60 million deal that's potentially on the table. Because I've seen both numbers mentioned. 
Uh, keep up the good work, mate. Congratulations on 206k FSG out to David Morrill. Yeah, I mean, every time I look in the t in the corner, mate, and see 206,000, <laughs> I laugh and then I get scared because we had a chat uh, as a team, and I think I've told you this before, and said, when do you think we'll hit 200k? And this was when Gary started working with us, which was July, and um, middle of July. And we thought, what did we say? I'm going away on holidays in October, and I thought, if we could do it by October, that'd be good going. So we did it in, I don't know, within a month of, of Gary coming on board. And um, now I'm getting a bit ballsy and I'm saying, I wonder if we can hit 250k before Christmas, which would be lovely. So that's the new aim. Mark, thank you for the super sticker as well. The diamond super sticker, appreciate you. Um, yeah, so don't forget, if you are new, by the way, please do hit the subscribe button, drop a like on the video. Most importantly, please do keep your comments coming in. I nearly started the stream today by coming on and saying, happy free Friday, because I'm so programmed to, we used to do free Friday on Twitch, where um, it used to be member-only comments on Twitch, so on Friday, we used to turn that off and let everyone chat, and I'm still programmed thinking that way. Liverpool should sign Milinkovic Savage. Didn't he go to Saudi? Did, did that move happen actually, or am I imagining that? Swear I read that Milinkovic Savage went to Saudi. Did the red get overturned? Uh, yes, it did. Thankfully, common sense prevailed. And um, yes, that red got overturned, and Alexis McAllister is free and available to play. Craig, who do you honestly believe we will sign? Oh, God, it's. it's Um, I think we make one signing between now and the window closing. If I had to guess, Graven Birch, but I am guessing. I don't know anything you don't know. Just reading the situation, I guess Gravenbirch. Because Gravenbirch would make sense because the club would have to wait for Bayern to acknowledge they're willing to sell. But I'm also scared that if it is Gravenbirch that the club want, and they are waiting for Bayern, that it's going to be a dash again at the end of the window to try and get things done. And I'll never understand why we didn't do our business early like we were told he wanted to. Connor said to me earlier on today, you remember reading an article towards the end of last season saying unequivocally that Liverpool and Jurgen Klopp wanted business done by, I think he said the 8th of July. And it's now 25th of August and we've somehow sold a or moved on a and added three. Preferring Twitch to YouTube for streaming or Twitch or YouTube. Uh, I won't lie. I love being back on YouTube. I enjoyed my time on Twitch, um, but YouTube's where it's at. YouTube's where you feel like you're really going up against the big hitters. And um, I always like to see Little Old Us do well. So, yeah, I love being on YouTube, mate. Really, really feel at home, feel comfortable. I wonder how long it would take me to get back into the swing of it because there are some differences from a streaming perspective on this side. But, yeah, I love it. And, again, thank you to you guys for showing up. Because it's been insane, the numbers we've hit since we've come back. Like, 
I'm looking down and seeing 3,000 people in the live chat, and this is a quiet stream. How good is that to say? 3,000 people watching, and we now, because of your support, can say that this is a quiet stream. It's mental, and I don't know. I don't know. It's been a very emotional month, in a good way. Um, and I'm scared. I've said this to you all along. I'm scared that I take a day off and I come back and you've forgotten about us or you found another channel that you've watched in that day. And that's why I don't take a day off a lot of the time because I keep thinking we're on a crest of a wave here. Let's keep going. Let's work hard. Let's keep putting our best foot forward. Um, but yeah, man, it's it's great. I'm so proud of all of us. Um, yeah, it's good. And thank you again. Do you think there'll be much news tonight? Truly don't know. I keep saying to myself every day, there's got to be news. Like, it can't be this quiet again. There's got to be news. But it's it's quiet. It's quiet, you know. We, we all do a bit of um, research for these shows. So I have certain things I look on. Connor takes care of monitoring social media. Gary looks at other sites as well. And we all come together then at about 7 o'clock. We have a conversation and we put forward all the news stories and we pitch what we think the best angle to go with for the streams are. Today was one of them really tough days where um, there wasn't much about. And that's very worrying when we're at the end of a window. I uh, love the channel and the content. 3K watching. Let's get likes to 2K. Hit that like button. Show your support. to as dog. Thank you, mate. Uh, do you think United will be back on top when Qatari arrives? Well, they'll be better because I think if Sheikh Jashin takes over, they'll obviously put the investment in where the Glazers have been lacking, which is, you know, Carrington, Old Trafford. But I've always said the same thing. One thing Manchester United fans, I don't think, have a right to complain about, and there are many things they do, is the money the managers have been given. Now, of course, there's a lot of money. I think over a billion so far has been spent just servicing the debt that the Glazers put on United when they bought the club. But their managers have always had money. So what I think happens if Sheikh Jassim ends up buying Manchester United is, like I've said all along, it becomes a glorified pissing contest between Qatar, Abu Dhabi and Saudi Arabia. You know, three very proud nations, three prosperous, wealthy nations, and they're going to just keep throwing money to try and become top dog. And it, it's not going to be great for the price of players, for the wages clubs are going to be forced to pay. Add into that, obviously, the um, real drive to recruit players to the Saudi Pro League. Football landscape's in a very tricky position. Uh and at what point do you close the door? Like, Because it feels a bit unfair to say, no, Qatar can't buy United because we're now closing the door when you've already got Saudi Arabia buying Newcastle and you've already got Abu Dhabi, obviously, with Manchester City. So it's a tricky one, but I hope for the good of the game that the Premier League find a way to make the league sustainable because it's starting to get to really really scary numbers when you've got and it's not even these states who are buying clubs look at todd bowley and look at what he's doing at chelsea you know a bit over a billion quid in 14 months 
that's not sustainable. That's I don't understand how Chelsea are going to be able to stay afloat if things go awry there because look at their bench today and tell me that bench looks like the bench of a team that has spent a billion quid. It's weird. Um, Yeah. So, and also, on top of all of that, you've got to worry for us, right, that we become an also-ran, um, a forgotten about global superstar of a club and... That's an indictment of our owners because I don't think our owners are doing... Look, they can't compete with the money of a Saudi Arabia or a Qatar or an Abu Dhabi. But they can do more than they're doing right now. And that's what I think annoys most of us. Because we get laughed at when we say FSGO and that they're not doing enough. But our ambitions are realistic. I'm not sitting here expecting Kylian Mbappe... Um, and Erling Braut Haaland to be brought through the door. But I am expecting our owners to give our manager similar funds that other top clubs in the Premier League have had. The money Villa's had. The money, well, maybe not Chelsea, United. Remember we were told that we'd overtaken United for revenue for one brief season? Again, though, where is our manager's support? Where is the financial budget for Klappo? Disgusting. Not good enough. So that's what we expect from our owners. And I don't understand why those people who are supportive of the owners don't see that we aren't all on the other side lunatics who think, how dare we not be getting players on a million quid a week. All we're asking is for Jurgen Klopp to get the damn players he wants, which is another centre-back and a midfielder. That's not asking for the world, especially when you've freed up over a million quid or around that in wages a week. When you've recouped 53 million in transfer fees and you've spent a hundred and what do we spend a hundred and something million so our net spend again is somewhere between 50 60 million that's not a rebuild that's pathetic and if people don't see that and aren't willing to call it out i don't know what it's going to take is it going to take two years out of the champions league is it going to take klopp to get sacked because results haven't gone his way is it going to take klopp to walk is it going to take more players, maybe like Mohamed Salah, to go, no ambition? Why am I here? Why am I wasting my career with a club that I love and I love the fans, love the manager, but the owners aren't shown the ambition? These are very valid questions. And these are things that I think we deserve the answers to. I'm actually quite proud of how calm I was saying all that because usually I shout and moan about it, but that's, that's our argument from our side. I'd like to hear the reverse argument from the FSG supporters about why that's wrong. Klopp is a coach, not a football director, football strategist. FSG are having issues attracting directors to work on transfers and forward planning. Yes and no. Klopp has asked for and been given more responsibility at the football club. Um, I don't know why Michael Edwards and Julian Ward left or the club doctor left at that time. I don't know what goes on behind the scenes. But Klopp has been given more responsibility. And I don't like it. I don't like it because he's spread too thin, in my opinion. How can he be over transfers? How can he be in different parts of the world in pre-season, over in Malaysia, over in Germany, preparing the team for the season and have time to run the rule over all these players and make them decisions? 
No, that's why you need a Michael Edwards, a Julian Ward, a George Smadka. But a year to prepare. A year. And this is the best we've got. Do you think we'll bring in anyone? Yes, I think we will. But I don't say that with much confidence. I just stupidly again trying to give a benefit of the doubt because I can't believe that we could be so what's the word I'm looking for here ill prepared like I, I, I don't know what's gone on in this window to, to leave us in this position I know that there's excuses that they'll put forward. They'll talk about the Fabinho and Henderson stuff. Um, we may yet hear excuses about the protracted stuff around Mo. I don't know. But ultimately, they failed. The job this summer was to rebuild that team. And we know what that entailed. A whole new midfield and a defender. We've got three midfielders, but we need at least one more. So it's partly done. It's just not great. Klopp looks exhausted, not the same, it's worrying. It's only going to get worse as well, John. We've seen what happened last year with Jurgen when stuff started to get a bit pressurised. He got cranky, and I understand it. I don't like it when he talks down to us as fans, and he compares us to kids who want the Ferrari Christmas and all that pathetic stuff, but I understand it. It's a high-pressurised job, and he's wheeled out every single week in front of the media while John and Tom are sitting over in Boston and Klopp's like a lamb to the slaughter. So I understand his frustration. I understand he's sick of the same questions. I understand he just wants to focus on the football, but unfortunately, this is where we are. And if you're a manager who is unwilling to call this stuff out, then people start to ask, are you part of the problem? Is Klopp part of the reason why things are taking longer or there's, there's indecision on transfers? And all we can do is speculate as football fans and try to piece things together with the input we get from journalists and, and what we see with our own two eyes. Uh, Chris, hi Craig, love the show and the passion. What's your take on Mike Dean's confession? So I, I touched on it earlier on, mate. Mike Dean saying what he said is one thing, right? And it's not great. But if it's honest, and I believe he probably was being honest when he said it, the response from the PGMOL is pathetic. So again, just to fill people in, Mike Dean said that he didn't want to send his mate Anthony Taylor to the monitor when Kukare's hair was pulled by the Spurs player because he didn't want his mate to get more grief. Now, if you think about that and say that this is a professional referee who is doing a dereliction of his duty to alert the referee, who it's understandable may not have seen everything that was going on in the penalty area. Lots of stuff going on from a set piece, lots of players to be looking at. So we all understand that Anthony Taylor could have missed that. But when Mike Dean seen it and admitted that he didn't bother to send his mate to the monitor, that's where the problem is. And that's not a bias towards Liverpool or against Liverpool or Spurs. or That's just a dereliction of his job. And that's before we get into the conversation around what we believe are inbuilt, inherent biases 
for or against certain clubs because of circumstances where these guys may have been officiating and things got a bit shitty. But the PGMOL don't help themselves. How can you have Paul Tierney and Konstantin Hadziakis as the VAR officials for Liverpool's game against Bright or excuse me against Bournemouth when Alexis McAllister was sent off incorrectly? That has since been rescinded. But on the day, the two spoofers in Stockley Park couldn't be bothered to do their job. Why? Two reasons. One, they know there's going to be no repercussions. And two, they probably just don't really give a damn. They don't want their mate to have to go to a monitor. It's either a right or wrong decision. And anybody that looked at that with half a brain knows the referee got it wrong. And that's okay. It's a very difficult job. The ref only gets to see it once. So saying to him, ref, we think you might want to look at that. Let him go and have a look at it. And if the ref changes his mind or stays with his decision, at least then we know where we stand and who to blame. But to not do it and hide behind this clear and obvious threshold is it's just bullshit. What is clear and obvious? Define it. You can't because it's open to suggestion and interpretation. And that's where the problem is. So to see the PGMOL put out this statement, it's it's like sticking two fingers in their ears and just going, la, 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 la. They said, regarding comments made by former match official Mike Dean yesterday, a PGMOL spokesperson said, VARs undergo extensive training with the focus centred entirely around effectively working on the on-field team of officials to rectify clear and obvious errors. When VARs identify a clear and obvious error by the on-field team of match officials, they should intervene and recommend a review by the referee. We strongly refute any suggestion that VARs do not intervene for whatever reason when they have identified a clear and obvious error. They're refuting something that somebody told them he did. Somebody in the role told them he didn't send the referee to the monitor because he didn't want his mate getting grief. That's not a fan subjectivity. That's not a club feeling hard done by. That's an admission by one of their former employees. If that isn't a dereliction of duty and if that isn't a sign that there is a big problem with VAR officials and the PGMOL, I don't know what it's going to take. You can't just put your fingers in your ears and say nothing to see here. You've been you've been shown up to be full of shit. Do you think FSG can't get financial investment as they want to remain majority stakeholders and aren't willing to give up full control? Um so for FSG to take on minority investment, they're going to want somebody to come to the table with a set of skills that they don't feel that they have, or somebody who has a particular expertise that they think can add value to the business. Understandable, no problem with that. As an example, I particularly myself got really excited when I seen the links that Liberty Media were one of the potential investors who'd been mentioned. I thought, oh, they did a great job of Formula One, um, they're very savvy around you know, building up media profile. Just look at the Drive to Survive stuff on Netflix and all. And I thought, yeah, that's the type of investment I could understand FSG taking on. Maybe it leads to a full-on takeover in the future. But if not, you can understand that 
there'd be a particular area of expertise that maybe FSG feel like their current setup is lacking in. So I think that's what it's going to take. The question is, how does it take this long to find that investment? Because it's been going on now for a long time and we're still seemingly no closer. Uh, we need Pierluigi Colina back. I think he is involved in... Isn't he involved? Or maybe he stepped down. He was the head of referees for FIFA or UEFA, one of them, um, if I'm not mistaken. Any news on the Corre? Nope. Nothing other than uh, some journalist saying that if Palace are to sell now, they'd want... They'd want basically a lot more money. 70 million's been quoted because of so late in the window. Uh, release the audio conversations between the on-field ref and VAR like rugby. Weren't we told that was going to happen or am I absolutely deluded here? I swear that at the start of this season we were told that those audio interactions were going to be played. I swear I'm not mistaken on that, but to my knowledge, I don't remember hearing them. Um, look, you cannot have this situation where I don't want my mate to get more trouble and I don't want to send him to the monitor. That's nonsense. You cannot have loyalty to your friend over your job when it affects the outcome of a game it affects clubs finances and it affects relegation promotion european places you cannot have that going on it just shows more than ever that something is wrong even if you're willing to say they're not doing it out of criminal intent it's still not good enough and it's still a dereliction of their job so all i can think of and i'm a moron is to train up VARs that are solely there for that job, that have nothing to do with the referees, that don't train with them, that don't work with them, that are only there to act on VAR incidents and tell the referee if they think the ref needs to look at a monitor or tell the referee whatever. But they didn't even want to bring in the automated offsides. You know the ones that have been used in the Champions League and the World Cup and have been pretty spot on. Again, PGMOL like to just laugh at us all and say nah we're not bringing it in why not because it removes your subjectivity it's lunacy it's like they're a cartel that don't have to answer to anybody this is our sport you assholes you don't own football the premier league don't own football you wait for fifa don't own football you are mere custodians of the sport and all you are doing is manipulating it to suit your own narratives and somebody has to give a damn it's a disgrace and some form of action ought to be taken against it it's weird, like, no other job would this be allowed. You're basically asking referees to over to show over other referees. And I'm sure you've read some of the same articles I've read about referees getting a bit snotty about this, feeling like they're being undermined and stuff. Well, here's the thing, refs. You're not gods. You make mistakes. 
So when you make a mistake, surely you're going to want that rectified. Or you don't. And then we have a bigger problem. Would I take Tamori? Um, no. But because I don't know enough about Tamori, I haven't watched them enough. I don't feel like I'm uh, adequately prepared to say yes or no. Hincapia, I'm on board with. I hope we get that deal done. Now, our lads are at the minute looking around the media. Don't worry. I'm going to stick on till just after half ten. Now, just a reminder, I'm not going to be live tomorrow. We will have a preview coming out tomorrow afternoon. And uh, I'll probably... I might record a news video tomorrow night if something happens, but I'm taking a day off live streaming tomorrow because I'm mentally exhausted. Uh, Mark, I already read out that super chat earlier on, mate. But thank you for alerting me. The human element is overrated sometimes. I mean, yes. If technology is there and the technology is as close to flawless as it can be, why not lean on technology? It feels weird that they didn't want to use that automated offside. I don't get it. Just reading an article here about the. Uh... So this article was was May the eighth, right? And it says Premier League referee audio to be released publicly for the first time a new TV show. The Premier League and PGMOL will make audio from on-field officials and video assistant referees public for the first time as part of a one-off television pilot. The audio will consist of officials discussing important decisions from across the 2022-23 Premier League season and will be broadcast before the conclusion of the campaign. Wow, that's so great. Thank you, Masters, for giving us the stuff after the season's over. You're so fucking good to us. Thank you for that. Allowing us mere peasants to hear the lords at work when the season's over. What? Why? Did you see, by the way, where they brought Howard Webb onto? I don't know if it was Monday Night Football or Friday Night, one of the shows on Sky. And all he did was come on and give instances of where VAR got it right, and stood there and told how great they were. They didn't give any instances of the time they all shit the bed. Or these blatant decisions we all know were wrong. They were just telling us how great they were. And how good the officials are. And how much it's improved. And how subjective decisions are now X percent higher. If you, Unless you're going to admit your own failings. Stop. This isn't a dictatorship. You don't get to tell us what's right and wrong. We have our own eyes. Weird. Did you see that show? That same, I don't know if it was Monday Night Football or whatever it was. Webb went on. And, and not one of the lads said to him, any examples, Howard, of when you got it wrong? Any examples of when VAR made a mistake, perhaps, Howard? Any examples? No, no. No, you just enjoy the corporate hospitality at Old Trafford, Howard. Yourself and Atkinson and the other lads who were scoffing into the free grub while Manchester United were not getting a penalty awarded against them for an assault on their go by their goalkeeper. That's okay, Howard. You have another volivant there, mate, and relax. 
Like the Spurs Brighton game in which a scandal never showed any clips from it. Yeah, exactly. Weird, right? And, Gar and Gary and Nev lapped it all up. Yeah, like these lads are there to represent us mere fans. And they don't do their jobs. I am sick to death of journalists and pundits being pussies. I'm sick of it. If you don't ask the tough questions, what's the point of your existence? We can all ask the same rinse and repeat bullshit questions week after week. But unless these people are actually going to do some investigative journalism and actually ask the tough questions, what's the point? What's the point in asking these stupid rinse and repeat questions? These Questions that nobody gives a damn about the answers to because we know it's just a pre-prepared nonsense reply that doesn't even address the issues. Ask them tough questions. Ask Klopp why we haven't got the players that we need. Ask them directly. Ask Eric Ten Hag how on earth it was possible that Manchester United were whooped 7-0 and he's still in a job. Because that's what people want to know. And that's why fan channels exist. Because I or other fan channels that have a backbone can call out the shit that we know is nonsense. Because we're not withholding to Liverpool or to any other club or to the Premier League. We can speak openly and honestly. And that's why we've caught on. That's why people watch. Because they see how they feel. They see a reflection of themselves. They see something familiar in what I do or what Goldbridge does or what Robbie does or what True Geordie does or whoever. They see a reflection of themselves. They feel like they belong because they're not spoken down to. And these morons that are looking after our game can't figure all this out. Craig, why is it the same thing every day? We're linked to so many players, nothing happens, and I've been waiting for a signing for so long. Mate, we're all in the same boat, unfortunately, Kevin. Um, it's, it's, it's just not good enough, is it? It's not good enough that we're in this position on the 25th of August. I love Simon Jordan on TalkSport. He doesn't hold back. I don't like Simon Jordan because he doesn't let people have a say. He shouts over them. He thinks he's better than everybody else, more knowledgeable than everyone else, and just shouts over them. Eddie Hearn handed him his ass on a boxing interview because Eddie Hearn knows boxing inside out. I don't like Simon Jordan at all. I think he's just... I think he just tries to intimidate people by talking louder and over them. And sometimes it works. Sometimes you get people who go on there and cower. And I'm not going to give you examples of it, but I'm sure you'll have seen it yourself. And sometimes you get people who are prepared and come in and hand him his ass, like Eddie Hearn did. And that's where you see people who actually know their stuff and people who are just trying to uh, enforce their will on others. Much love from Peterborough. Um, and look, let me say one thing on Simon Jordan, actually, while, I, while we're talking about him. Uh, wish him um, a speedy recovery. And um, 
I don't know if you're all aware of this. I'm sure some of you are. He is battling cancer and um, wouldn't wish it on anyone. So as much as I'm not a fan of the man, I sincerely wish him good health and a speedy recovery um, because nobody likes to be met with their own mortality or to weigh it up. So yeah, look, sincerely, I hope he recovers and I wish him nothing but the best of health in that regard because that's tough, man. That's tough for anyone to go through. So yeah, wishing him the best in that. Uh, I'm interested if you could choose one final player, realistic signing, who would it be? Um, realistic, right. Hincapia. I take the centre back. I think our need is greater. Because if you look at midfield, if Endo's injured, you could argue you could play by Cecic. You could argue you could play Thiago. If Sobitzler McAllister is injured, you have... Curtis Jones, Harvey Elliott. You've got options. Right now, we have Canade who's injured. And um, we're all sitting here absolutely nerve-wracked about the fact that Gomez or Matip's going to step in because we've got no belief. So I would say Hincapia would be the one um, if I had to just have one. And also because I want Klopp to get the defender he obviously wants. Uh, Simon Jordan has been brave as respect. 100% agree with that. Look, I disagree with Simon Jordan on a lot of stuff. But it, the courage he's shown to work and be public and go through what he's going through, that is commendable. No argument. Um, very brave man, without any shadow of a doubt. Yeah, certainly, sincerely. Um, what's wrong with Canade? He has a muscle a muscle injury or a muscle knock Um and look, he's he's prone to them, isn't he? He's had a few. Um, yeah, so getting that bit of cover in would be great for the manager. Uh, you're trying to say Gerald Kwanzaa? Is that what you're trying to say, Dragon Gamer? Um, I don't think Gerald Kwanzaa's ready just yet. And also... From what I've seen of him playing, he was playing more on the left side of a centre-back, whereas Verge is in that position. So, uh, But look, Kwanzaa was very good in pre-season. Uh, Finley Guitar, thank you. Or Finley Yearsley Guitar, thank you for your super sticker, mate. Uh, do I watch Cobra Kai? Um no, I tried to watch it, but didn't get into it. What happened with Simon Jordan? We were just discussing that um, that interview with Mike Dean, I think, came from a Simon Jordan podcast where he was speaking for an hour at Mike Dean, and that's where that quote came out about, uh, about Mike Dean saying he didn't want to send his mate to the monitor. Uh, off topic, but do I like Arteta? No. I don't mind them, but I'm going to be really blunt with you. And this is this is my issue and nothing to do with him. I can't listen to him talk. He's too nasally and it goes through my ears. Um, I probably need to give you a little bit of context to this. One of the issues I have is, is, is sensitivity to certain noises. And listening to our TED talk does my head in. And that's not his fault. 
But yeah, can't listen to him. But he's a good manager. And as a person, seems like a good lad. You've heard a rumour that Canada is injured. It's not a rumour, Liam. The manager said it in the press conference today. Um, he said Canada is injured. He said Trent and Diaz are okay. And that Thiago and um, Curtis Jones should be back in contention from Monday. Do I watch Darren Farley? Uh, not these days. Um, I love any anyone who does good impressions, by the way. And Darren Farley certainly one of them. Uh, obviously, Al Foran. Shout out to Al, a friend of ours. Very good at the impressions as well. And yeah, look, I love these guys. Very funny fellas. And um, I always click on if I see any other stuff floating around. But haven't seen much of Darren Farley in a while, to be honest with you. It might be just that I'm not on social media. Uh, what else we got? Is Salah in the squad? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I expect him to start and play as well. Bellingham playing so well for Rail. I know it hurts, doesn't it? It hurts. Um, he scored in his first two games for Rail. I think he even scored two in one of them, maybe. Um, yeah, it really is one of those that like. Ooh. Do you know what I've noticed actually at Real as well? He seems to be playing very advanced um, for Real Madrid. Like he, at some points, he's the most for, he's the most furthest forward player in that Real Madrid team. Do I watch four four tunes? Uh, not so much because I don't see it, but if I do, I love it. My son loves four four tunes, loves it, and I've said this many, many, many times. If I ever get my ass on 4-4 tunes, if they ever do a little parody with me in it, it would make me a hero to my son. So 4-4 tunes, if you're watching, daddy loves to be a hero to his son as does any parrot. So maybe a little Craig rant in one of the videos. I've seen other influencers, other content creators on there. Someday maybe, it would be amazing. I'd be a hero to my son. So um, yeah, that would be great someday if it happened. But yeah, they're brilliant. They're very good. Am I going to do a match preview? Yes, sir. It's recorded. It's going out tomorrow morning. So uh, Connor will drop that out tomorrow morning. Bellingham's the one that got away. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And needn't have as well. Uh, Luke said, Do you think Liverpool should go for Bastoni from Inter? Thoughts? Or we need someone else? I like Bastoni. Um, I think it would take a lot of money to get him out of Inter Milan. And I don't think you're going to do it this late in the window. But, you know, wouldn't say no, mate. Wouldn't say no. Jude is the only goal scorer again tonight. Oh, Jesus. Do you know what? In one way, fair play to the kid. You know, he's gone to Real Madrid and he's shown that he isn't a flash in the pan. That he's no shrinking violet. That that's the level he belongs at. So fair play to, to him for that. But from our perspective, yeah, he's always going to be the one for me that got away. Because he was the most realistic of all these mad names we've been linked with. Yeah, that would have been uh, would have been pretty good to have Bellingham in the team. No, no big transfer news, mate. And again, nothing really coming from the media at this point. Um, Yeah, so that's three in a row I think Bellingham has scored now. And again, won the game for Madrid. Yeah. Bellingham overrated? Nah, he's not. 
He's not Wajid. He's really good. Yeah, that one stinks. It will. It will always stink because he's um he's a pretty damn good player. Good about Bellingham, but don't think Dom and McAllister will be amazing. Oh, Defo. Like I said this earlier on uh, in the window. Like, Bellingham was a huge loss, but after we brought in McAllister and Sobitzlai, I mean, brilliant signings. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're top-notch. Um, so very happy with the lads we have. Don't get me wrong. I mean, Alexis McAllister and Dominic Sobitzlai are perfect. Very, very, very good signings. New subscriber, great work, mate. Keep firing from the hip. FSG need to step up, but the squad isn't a million miles away. Uh, we've got some great kids that are capable. Steve, I agree. Steve, Par or sorry, Steve Preston, I agree. I don't think we are that far away, mate. Um, I I would dare to say if we brought in a midfielder and a centre back, we're maybe a full back away from being right there, ready to challenge. So I'm with you. And also on your um, assessment of the youth at the club, damn right, yeah, great players coming through. Um, and more young, good prospects signed over the past week as well. So future certainly looks promising, but it's just the here and now, mate. It's just not good enough from the owners. Let's buy Jude Bellingham's brother. He started off really well at Sunderland as well. I think he scored, I'm not sure how many, but I know he certainly scored this season already for them in their um, in their bid to get back up out of the championship to the Premier League. So yeah, Job has started life very well there as well. Uh, Craig, would you want Nunes to start as the striker with Gakpo and attacking midfield? Uh, no, I don't. Craig, uh, still with you, brother. United Devil, just good to listen to. Don't get big-headed and grow your hair. I'm never going to grow my hair, mate. My wife won't let me. Um, she thinks I look like a scruffy teddy bear when I've got uh, any length of hair. Right, look. I'm going to carry on for another seven or eight minutes, and if there's nothing out by then, we're going to call it a night. I will then see you on Sunday for the game. But, yeah, I'm going to stay on just in case... Uh, we we get something because yeah it's desperation at this point lads I'm not going to lie to you I am keep hoping for some amazing news to just pop out somewhere have we ever been to Silverstone uh, I drove past it once but no I never had the pleasure of being the only racetrack I've been to was um, Daytona when I was over in Florida we did a trip up to Daytona not for a race we just did a tour around the 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 track and the media area and all and wow wow like very few things in this life make me just go but that main grandstand at daytona and the um the height of the bank as you go around the track it's yeah it really gave me the urge to want to watch a race there um an ascar race someday especially in the middle you know where they put the camper vans and all that would be amazing uh brad how are you dude said evening good sir would love Jacob Ramsey. He's still out injured, I think, Brad, if I'm not mistaken. And his younger brother is uh, is at Villa as well now. And had a decent preseason for them. Uh, big shout out to the youths. Congrats uh, against Southampton 3-0 today, said Stevie. Thank you. I didn't know the score, mate. I did know that the under-21s, um, under I think it was. 
Right, so here comes some of the... Now, for those of you who stayed with us, well done. Here comes some of the embargoed stuff now. So Klopp said, I have all the information around and I know what is possible and not, and it's not always exactly what I want. Mm -mm. But it's not my job to complain. It is my job to take the team we have to the end of the transfer window and make, excuse me, the best of it. So again, let me read that out. Klopp has said, I have all the information around and I know what is possible and not. And it's not always exactly what I want. So he's clearly unhappy. But it's not my job to complain. Don't worry, Klopp. Oh, I got you on that one. It's my job to take the team we have to the end of the transfer window and make the best of it. I mean, and then we're going to have more quotes coming through now. So all these, well done to the people who stayed with us tonight, by the way, because here we go with the embargoed stuff now. Connor's putting it into the chat. Uh, and while Klopp hinted on Friday that Liverpool are still on the market for another centre-back, he accepts he must continue working with the financial restraints imposed by FSG. My disdain for John W. Henry grows by the hour. Again, making Klopp operate with a hand tied behind his back, you absolute charlatan. We have our situation, said the Liverpool boss. There was one year when money was less of an issue because of Coutinho. Went to Barcelona and we could have two sensational transfers. But we always spend over half the years we have to improve. From the team when I arrived here eight years ago, there's only Joe Gomez left. There's been a lot of business and we've had to do it our way. Since I've been here, we've had to live within our means. The club has had to and of course that doesn't make it easier. The problem is not our situation. It's the comparison to the other main teams. We have to be on point. That's pretty much the thing. There's not a lot of space for failure. We cannot put sticks around the area and hope that nobody will run through. That's how it is. I have I have no problem with that. We do really well as long as it's all by the rules. I have no problem with the spending of other clubs. Other teams will do their things. In the end, it's circumstances. They might be different, but it's all about what you make of it. That's where you try to make a difference in a positive direction. And there's more to come. Hang on. Let me just read out this super chat. Craig, do you think the attention with Salah to Saudi uh, might be used as a smokescreen for FSG to get away with more signings? Oh, without any shadow of a doubt. Like, I'm not saying they are responsible for the interest from Had or Had for Mo. But you bet your ass that they will try to frame it in a way that if they keep him, what a great victory morally for the club. That's exactly what will happen in my opinion. Um, from the players we're linked to, who do you want the most at Ethan Parker? And I'm going to go back to more quotes from Klopp now in a sec. Um, players would be Thuram would be great with the signings we've already made. I'd love him to come in. Um, and Hincapia. So, more stuff from Klopp. Others have FFP, but we have FSG, said uh, Sashin Vader. Basically, look, I can't tell you what to make of what Klopp's saying, but I'm absolutely here and I'm pissed off that John's a cheapskate. And another thing that bugs me, right? These financial constraints that we're constantly fed that we have. Why? Because you can't lie about the wage bill anymore. You can't tell us that we can't make signings because of the wage bill. We've cleared a load of high earners off the wage bill. It is just willful. It is 
a dereliction of duty from John W. Henry right now. And again, if you had 111 million for one player, you cheap fuck. Where's the money now? The manager's basically calling him out here. He's saying, I have to work with what I work with. I have to understand the constraints I have. Then he speaks about other clubs and the players that they're signing, yada, yada, yada. I don't know who's feeding Klopp this nonsense about Liverpool having no money. But this narrative about us being piss poor needs to stop. And the media need to start asking real questions about, is there an appetite for FSG to succeed? Or is there only an appetite for capital appreciation of their asset? And that is the answer. Anyway, more from Klopp. Um, I'm pretty sure there are always heated discussions in the market and I can't remember a transfer window where every single person was happy with the window we had. Everyone always says we should do this, we should do that. Another centre-half, another number six. Um, here's the thing. We removed eight players and we've added three. However, these spoofers in Boston want to dress this up, we're not thick. You can't rip away A players, add in three, and call it a rebuild. We're going to have another season where we won't have cover. We're going to have another season where Klopp has to play players out of position because he doesn't have a deep enough squad. And this nonsense about the finances is just that. It's nonsense. Liverpool have the ability to spend. Financial experts have shown this and given examples of this time and time again. We've also been told that this was a window where money was being made available. Where's the money, John? Where is the money, you absolute fraud of an owner? Where's the goddamn money, you twat? I was glad when transfer windows were over, said Klopp. I'm always glad when transfer windows are over. Uh, I'm absolutely in it. Well, the window is open. I'm not sure what the percentage of true stories in the newspapers is, so thank God I'm not in it. But I'm pretty sure that there have been times where I've been asked about something and I've thought, eh? I don't even know the player. Fuck me. This is shaping up for again. We're getting shafted. We're getting shafted by these owners yet again, lads. But it's all right, though, because the yes-men and the other arse-lickers in the uh, media, journalistic and content world will, will tell us that we're all just deluded little twats, that we're ungrateful, that they saved us from administration, blah, blah, blah. Our owners have no appetite to succeed. They just don't. They've no ambition. None. And I can't understand how one person can still be in their corner and say that they're doing the best they can. They are simply not. They just aren't. How can Villa, Fulham, all these other fucking clubs have more financial power than Liverpool Football Club. The first club in the Premier League to make a £100 million profit. And we're told we haven't got a pot to piss in. That 
that's a lie. That's a lie. And shame on all the media and journalists that are going to stay behind FSG and not call them out for a disgraceful window. Like, whose side are you on? If you're there covering the Liverpool patch, some of these guys who I know are Liverpool fans, where's the holding the owners to account? Where's where's the money, John? Where's the, the front page of the fucking Echo should be, where's the money, John? Where's the money? If you're actually concerned about the interests of the city that you represent in the media, ask the questions. Where's the money? Where's the ambition? And also, where's the rest of the 111 million that apparently we were going to spend? Where is it? So yeah, that's where we leave it tonight. More frustration from the manager. I don't know about you, but what I've read through those statements is a manager that's accepting of his fate here, that the owners ain't spending the money and the rebuild was bullshit and the media are every bit as responsible for the propaganda that they've continuously released to pacify Liverpool fans and help FSG manipulate through another transfer window. And I hope that they're all happy with themselves. And I hope that they enjoy the access that they get and the interviews that they get. But it's pathetic. I'm disgusted. I'm truly, truly disgusted. And I'm going to leave it there before I say something that I, uh, I get in trouble for. So look, I will see you guys on Sunday, half past three for the watch along. Um, preview coming out tomorrow morning. But yeah, this is where we're at. The poorest rich club in the world is what we have, ladies and gentlemen. So yeah, I will see you guys soon. Much love. Thank you for your support again tonight. And uh, remember, you have a voice. Be active. Call them out. Use your voice, use your spending power and hold these owners to account because they don't give a damn. They don't give a damn about anything other than the value of the club. It's pathetic. Love you guys. Talk Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.